0: I am so proud to be working with Kills to bring you this season of Rain with Josh Smith. I created Rain to empower communities everywhere and start important conversations about equality, and Kills have been doing exactly that for more than 170 years. Not only do KILLS make you feel like your best self with their award-winning apothecary skincare products, but they also support local communities through charity partnerships, literally changing lives. And in the spirit of feeling like our best selves, Kills have just added a new cream formulation of their best-selling Midnight Recovery Oil. And trust me when I say you need this in your life. Say hello to the Midnight Recovery Omega Rich Cloud Cream, which will not only help your skin look plumped, nourished, and radiant, it will also empower you to feel fabulous and take on absolutely anything. It's available now at your nearest Kiehl's store or on kills.co.uk. Hey, I'm Josh Smith and welcome to Rain. And I'm so glad you're here, babes. This podcast is all about opening up, having important conversations, and celebrating successes, as well as overcoming obstacles to reign over our own lives. I love to chat to people and I always find things in these conversations to take away and use in my own life. So I really hope you'll find the same as well. Welcome to Rain. In today's episode, we're joined by the star of Outlander, Sophie Skelton. If you aren't one of the many, many Outlander fans already, it's part period drama, a little sci-fi with some time travel and some seriously hot and heavy romance. Yes! The show follows Claire Randall, a World War II nurse who travels back to Scotland in the 1700s, where she meets a hot AF Highland warrior, Jamie, and they soon have a daughter called Brianna, played by Sophie. Now as the show heads into its sixth season on Stars Player, Sophie joins me to chat about the plot spoiler that shook her and reflects on the mental health impact that filming a rape scene had on her. Sophie also talks about the need for messy sex scenes on screen, because many of us know sex is never really that glossy and about how being a ballerina from the age of just two has affected her body image. I think so many of you will find what Sophie has to say really relatable, so I hope this episode speaks to you. Crowns at the ready, let's reign. Hello babe,
1: how are you? Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you though in your sunny Riviera town, you know, enjoying life?
0: Yeah, I mean it's the English Riviera in Torquay, so it's not as like glam as we're making it out to be.
1: But, you I mean, know, sure, but it's better than it's better weather than New York and London. So, you know, yeah, you just so, soak up that sun for me, okay?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm soaking it up for you, babe. Well, do you know what? We might as well get straight into it because Outlander is back baby. and like,
1: oh, the, yeah.
0: <laughs> and you know what? The Droughtlander is over, as everyone's been saying all over social media, which I love because it just shows how thirsty people are mm-hmm. for this ooh, show. Oh, nice She's
1: so thirsty there with Yeah, we Outlander. like it.
0: But you, yeah, Josh. We'll all keep being hydrated.
1: <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, which is always sensible, you know? We're
0: always sensible and always key, <laughs> especially when you're an Outlander fan and you're excited for the show to be back. <laughs> what well, with the fandom of this show, because it's so big, what has mm-hmm. been the peak moment of fandom for you where you've been like, ooh, this is, this is kind of a big deal.
1: I think. Do you know what? I reckon it was probably actually the first time that I got recognized in public. And I think I was mm. in Portugal. Um, and it was like a health food store and I'd gone in and this girl was like, oh my God, are you Brianna? She didn't have an American accent. I don't know why I did that. But <laughs> <laughs> that was my Portuguese accent, clearly. Um, no, and I was just like, oh, wow. Gosh, yeah, this isn't just Scotland. Like people, People know this thing. That was probably, probably the weirdest moment, because it was just kind of, I think, the, probably the first moment that it sort of hit me. Mm. Like we just finished filming, and we're always in such a bubble in Glasgow, it's like we don't see anyone, and then when you leave it, and people actually really love the show as deeply as they do, it, um, yeah, it hits you in all the good ways, it's really nice, it's good, to, it's good to see, it makes you, it gives you a good momentum for going back to work.
0: Yeah, because I mean, you filmed for so long, right, per each
1: Mm-hmm. Season,
0: don't you? So if you're in that kind yeah. of bubble, you must kind of feel like, yeah. oh my God, am I actually in
1: like the 1800s now? Like, what oh, is my Oh, totally, life? yeah. My entire 20s has just been in the cold of Scotland in a corset. I'm like, hmm, Brianna <laughs> needs a good bar scene. <laughs> Come on, guys. But uh, You know, they all filmed in South Africa and Prague and by the time Richard and I came in, it was like, yeah, so we're just going to cheat all your stuff to Scotland. I was like, okay. I mean, Scotland's beautiful, but... Um, you know, I feel like we should shake it up a bit, you know, let's, let's go to the Caribbean again.
0: Yeah, I did go on a mad night out in Glasgow, though, once, and it's actually got quite a big, like, dancing scene, though, no?
1: I mean, I trust that if ever there's a dancing scene to be had, you would find it, Josh. I feel like you are, you probably, those beacons just call to you. Um, to be fair, we are relatively tame. We kind of just do more bar pub scenes good old English pub but you're gonna have to show me some of these dance spots because I haven't been for a good dance since COVID hit so let's um let's hit those clubs we'll <laughs> hit
0: those clubs we'll do we'll hit the polls we'll give everyone the 360 Perfect. experience you know those like up <laughs> dance floors WKD straw kind of vibes WKD That's... wow mm,
1: good this really is our real teens fa- I like it <laughs> yeah
0: (laughs) because there are so many fans for this show and it is such a complex show as well because I was Mm -hmm. trying to describe it to one of my friends who hasn't watched it yet and I was like so she kind (laughs) of like time travels and then this happens she's like you're up now like if you were gonna Mm -hmm. do like say like a speed recap
1: Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> of what has gone okay. through.
0: Like the GCSE okay. bite-sized Spartan version.
1: <laughs> I used to love that, yeah.
0: used to gosh, love that, bite-size babe. bite-sized was great. Got me through yeah. GCSEs, to be fair.
1: Yeah, why read the book when you can just look at the synopsis and do some yes. bite-sized questions? Exactly, babe. <laughs> Hit me with
0: that bite-sized <laughs> review so far.
1: Exactly. Okay, here's the bite-sized. So we start during World War Two. We start with a nurse um, who's on the front lines. Then she and her husband go traveling to Scotland. She touches a stone, doesn't go very well, goes through stone, Uh, goes back 202 years, um, ends up falling in love with a Highlander. she gets pregnant, so she has to come back to the future when the Battle of Culloden happens to protect herself and the baby. She thinks he's dead. She has a daughter in the 60s, uh, me. She's American, living in Boston, life's great, engineer. Her dad dies, not happy. Her mum goes back in time, not happy. Um, she then reads in a newspaper that her mum dies in a fire so she goes back in time to save her mum cut to a few years later there's loads of kids, loads of family life's all good on the ridge and now the American Revolution's about to start and life is not going to be so good on the ridge A star or what? Oh my god
0: babe I'll give you an A star (laughs) star for that
1: (laughs) Thank you 100% I missed out a few (laughs) crucial elements
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I thought that was the perfect synopsis right there
1: Thanks I mean, I feel like off of that, nobody would watch it because I feel like there's a more intriguing one to be had, but we're gonna leave that to you. We're gonna
0: (laughs) You can't (laughs) leave enough suspense that if anyone hasn't seen it yet, they're gonna wanna come for a bit more. Do you know what I mean?
1: Exactly, exactly. And
0: we arrive into season six now, which is Mm -hmm. crazy. And it's like Mm -hmm. there's nine books of this show as well to accompany it. There's a lot of material out there. And there's always, I always feel like when I watch it, the characters can't really catch a break. It's like, oh, we're happy for two minutes. And then it's like right back to square one again, almost. What was kind of the plot twist that shook you for this season?
1: Um, Ooh, okay. Uh, There is something that happens, which tears one of our um, lead couple, one of the lead couples apart. Um, and they've been pretty solid in the season to this point. But this really shakes it up just from a, an angle that you didn't really see coming. And not much gets between this couple, but this uh, this kind of does. And it's pretty heavy stuff. Um, um, yeah. That was a horribly vague answer. but <laughs> it's, It is really good, though. This season really does um kind of coming at you from behind and it just it really takes you off guard you're like whoa that was a twist i did not see happening so mm. um it's good i'm excited for the fans to see it i feel like it makes up for the extended droughtlander hopefully yeah so
0: i mean the show does always bring attention to very difficult topics as well and very yeah. dramatic topics that you don't necessarily always see explored in TV and I know the show has brought a lot of te- a lot of the stuff that's been brought attention to Outlander is its exploration of sexual violence and yeah I was reading about this and actually the way it does it is because how likely it was that it would have happened in the 1800s and but it's still quite a difficult thing to reconcile with as a viewer yeah. and I guess as an actress as well who lives in the modern yeah. world that we live in how have you reconciled yeah. with that and the kind of debates that happen around it, too?
1: So it, it was actually something that we talked about a lot. I feel like um, I actually, we even shot Brianna's rape scene with Stephen Bonnet. We filmed the whole thing. And then the writers decided that there had been too much sexual abuse in the show, um, that it was too triggering for viewers. So they they pulled that. Um, and obviously they knew what was coming with Claire's scene and they decided to have that one instead the next season um so that they are very sensitive to the fact that it's it's very prominent in the show but one way that I personally really really fought um for it was uh, for I I mean is it not as opposed to fought for it in terms of show more I mean one way that I fought for it being justified being shown was to show it all differently so in terms of showing that it happens in different ways and that victim response is different and that PTSD is handled differently. So mm. for example, with my character, I, um, I did a lot of research and found something called tonic immobility, which I didn't really know about before. And it's a response that a fair few victims have whereby your adrenaline kicks in and a certain hormones release. And so your body goes into essentially fight or flight mode, but it's actually almost um, one step further. It's an animalistic mode, whereby your whole body goes numb on you and it's how animals play dead um, if they're prey. So when that happens, it essentially it just completely blacks out your body so you don't feel anything. So when we shot it, I kind of had Brianna's head lull to the side and just kind of tears streaming, but she's not feeling anything and she's just mm. completely not in the room. And it's only when it's over that you see a shake, and she's starting to feel her senses are kicking in again, and she's starting to actually process what just happened. Um, and so, for me, it was just really important to ensure that each time there is a scene like that, we show, we use it in a way to actually educate instead of it just being there to be there. Um, and not only just to educate that there's different ways that people. Um, experience abuse but also to show the people who have experienced it in those different ways um that it's not abnormal or that they're not alone or
0: Mm. they can
1: actually then pick a character and live their journey through that character and live the healing through that character and the ptsd and then almost come to this cathartic ending with the character and actually then it's it's doing something hopefully good and hopefully helpful as opposed to just being in there to be in there Um, And then even with the PTSD, you know, Katrina and I taught we had her PTSD dealt with in a very different way to Brianna's. Brianna um, very much was jumpy. I played her anytime there was someone near that she wasn't, wasn't familiar with. It was just this kind of insular thing that she would go into, whereas Claire is more, she's having flashbacks and certain things like that, not to say that there isn't often an overlap, but we just wanted to make sure that people could see the different avenues. And even then people who haven't been through it to be able to understand what people are going through, I do think is important. And that's something we touch on in season six, when in, I think it's the first episode, when Brianna says to Claire, "You know, I I used to tell people I was fine Mm. too. And I wasn't. Um, and just to say, just to show people that you don't have to force people to speak and it's okay to not wanna talk about it. Um, but I just think it's really important to, sh- to share that message that if, you, if you're if you trying to be there for somebody who has been through something, there's no right or wrong way. It's just such a tricky thing to navigate. You don't know how people are gonna respond or what they need, but one thing you can do is at least say, look, I'm checking in on you. I'm here if you wanna mm. talk, but I'm not gonna push it if you don't wanna speak to me. And I just think that that's really important to show.
0: And that's such a powerful message for anything that anyone goes through at any given time it's like you can be there for people it doesn't necessarily always have to be through conversation as well mm-hmm. right it can be like a presence exactly, and yeah. then knowing and acknowledging yeah. what they're going through and then stepping back totally. when they don't feel like they can talk about it but still being there yeah for them. that's such a powerful yeah. lesson in s- for so many situations mm-hmm. and that's what but I you love know what so it's much
1: like even if someone yeah. just touches you you're like okay I know yeah. that you're there now it's nice and you don't need mm. to say anything
0: that's what's so, That was so amazing about what happened in episode one, that moment between the two characters. Cause it, I was like, wow, that's, that's like a really amazing way of looking at it. And I think from when I was doing the research into you and how much work you pull into these storylines as well, you did so much research into mm. it, right? But and you did yeah. a lot, lot of investigation to how victims have dealt with it. What kind of really stuck with you from that kind of research you did?
1: to be honest when we were shooting that it was um the beast from the east that big storm that we had so we actually for insurance purposes you almost have to act as if you're going to work the next day they kind of give you your pickup time and whatever else but then because the snow was so bad we were just canceling each day so we were all kind of locked in our apartments and i it was the days leading up to the rape scene and i just wanted i really just wanted to do justice to people who'd been through it and I wanted to understand you know when it's it's horrible for me to admit now but when I was younger I'd kind of just say well I'd, I'd fight back I'd do anything like I'd, mm. I'd you know it wouldn't happen to me kind of thing which is such an awful and arrogant thing to say but then when I that's why I wanted to start researching because Even in in the storyline, it's kind of like, oh, you know, Brianna feels guilty that she wasn't strong enough to fight back. And I wanted to show something that wasn't actually about strength or a woman being weaker than this man or whatever. I wanted to show that actually she didn't have a choice. Her body copped out on her and she couldn't fight back for that reason as opposed to like... I should go to the gym more to get stronger in case anyone tries to hurt me, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so it was the Beast in the East. And I was kind of locked in the house and I'd watched so many interviews and read so many articles. And the one that really stuck out for me was this woman who um, she couldn't remember what had happened to her. She woke up in the hospital and um, she then actually saw the newspaper the next day and her name was in the newspaper. And that's how she found out that she'd been raped um, and her family had been looking for her. And um, she described it as, she said that she was in the shower and she just wanted to unzip her skin from her body. And that was just what I had in my mind the whole time because it just, it really just knocks me. It was just mm. um, really awful and um, yeah, I hope. That woman, if ever she hears it, doesn't mind me sharing that. But um, yeah, so it was something that I just really wanted to make sure we handled well. And even when we had the sex scene in in season four, the first sex scene, you know, Brianna was losing her virginity, and I feel like so much on screen and TV, everything's so clean and sex mm. is so seamless, and nobody ever mentions a condom or STIs or if you're on the pill. There's never re- not there's not often a, a conversation. And I think Brianna and Roger and Outlander are bringing in this whole new generation of fans. They're a lot younger, and I think that they need to be shown that stuff sometimes messy and sometimes messy conversations mm. have to be had and so when Brianna leaves to virginity I wanted I really wanted to get in a moment whereby it's it's a little bit painful for her and not and to show that what like to show also men how caring Roger is with that and just check in with her and check she's okay um, instead of making it look like you know everything's gonna be breezy your first time I just think sometimes showing real stuff on TV in the most in a a delicate but truthful way, I think is just really, really important for young people now.
0: It's so important because you need the nuances of those conversations as well, because if you see so much of the stuff that you see on TV or or on the Mm. internet even, it's glamorized. And actually that's not Mm -hmm. the reality of so many of these situations, is it?
1: Yeah, yeah. And if you don't have friends to talk to about it, that can be really Mm. isolating because you just think that your life's weird or that you've done something wrong. You know, so, and I, I can imagine, you know, girls on a, as a whole tend to talk about a lot more and a lot more intricately. But I think, you know, f- even for me in school anyway, not to speak for everyone, but I remember the boys didn't really talk about much stuff as much as we did. Mm. Um, so, you know, in terms of sex and things like that, I think it's really important that there are realistic interpretations out there so that people can almost have that conversation with the characters without, if they're not getting it in their personal life, you know, otherwise people just don't know what to do.
0: Mm, it's so true and I think as well being an actress playing these playing this role where there is a lot of trauma involved as well and I always remember hearing this quote from Elizabeth Moss in an interview when she was talking about The Handmaid's Tale and she Mm. said that sometimes when she does those scenes it's kind of like your mind knows it's not happening but then your body almost feels like later it has almost happened to you and and it can be very affecting afterwards how have you managed the kind of difficulty and your own mental reaction to having to Mm. delve into that subject matter as well
1: I actually yeah it's funny she said that because I I would get I would get quite um or defensive for a while after like being intimate sometimes after you've done a scene like that and mm-hmm. you've been in that character's mindset for so long as well. Because I suppose like, her, oh, it's it's a show. It's not, if, if you're doing a film, not to say that people's experience is any different or any less, but it's it's a shorter period of time. Whereas we, I'm in Brianna's mindset 24-7. And, you know, even between seasons, we're prepping for the next season and it's go, mm-hmm. go, go, or we're doing press. And so I feel like there's elements where she and I are just very sort of in sync or very, it's almost like sometimes a bit of an interspersed mind. And... Yeah, for a while after doing that scene, no matter how much you distance yourself, no matter how much you know it's not real or whatever, yeah, there is an element where it's almost like your muscle memory or something subconsciously um, does kind of go into that slightly defensive um, jumpy mode.
0: Mm. Because when you're doing those harder scenes, it seems like you guys are such a strong unit and such a big family behind the scenes as well. Who do you lean on the most and who's kind of giving you the best kind of advice on that kind of subject matter, especially.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not the first time I've, I've played a character that's been through some trauma and stuff. So I feel like, contrary to what I just said, I'm usually really good at, at compartmentalising it. Um, but I have to say, Ed, when we did that scene, was was incredible. Um, we'd done one rehearsal of it before, and we hadn't met before that. So we were kind of just thrown into the situation. Um, but he and I had a really good dialogue, and there's a really good trust there, and... I think also I really like the way he works in that he's, a lot of actors love to prepare and turn up to set solely on what they've prepared and there's not really much room for for budging or, or experimenting or just being in the moment with that whereas he was very, um, he and I almost did that scene like a play so mm. it was very reactionary and it was very just in the room, see what happens, here we go sort of thing. Um, and I think we just really trusted each other that we we had each other's backs and that we were in good hands and so... That's actually one of the most memorable scenes to have shot in that way because um, it was just in in a horrible way because of the subject matter, but it was just magic the way it the way it was filmed. Um, mm. It was it was like doing a play, and it's just great.
0: Rain and Kills are both about empowering you to feel like your best self, and kills new Midnight Recovery Omega Rich Cloud Cream does exactly that. It's rich in omegas 3 and 6, which help replenish and rejuvenate skin. And with it only taking seven nights to younger looking skin, I'll race you to that nearest Kills store. Or you can shop on kills.co.uk. What's interesting about exploring um, female characters in period dramas, and I always think this, is it really does make us reflect on how far we've come and then but also how much further we still need to go Mm -hmm. um especially in the idea of how we like box women in in our society still today and there was the scene in I think it was the first episode of this new season when Brianna's talking about her revolutionary ideas and whether the world is going to be ready for them like and I found that really interesting because there's so many times when I speak to my female friends or um or people just in general and they talk about how the world is sometimes still not ready for their voice and and for and to Mm -hmm. listen to their voice in your own life when have you felt like your voice hasn't necessarily been valued and you've pushed through to speak up and be heard
1: yeah um do you know what's funny about it too is i think it's often an ageist thing too and I think sometimes in life, that's the thing too. I mean, one of my best friends is actually an engineer and um, she's beautiful and she's blonde. And so there's a stereotype that goes with that. And mm. she was actually buying a house recently and the estate agent said to her, um, he was like, how are you affording this? And she was like, well, I'm, it's kind of not your business, but I'm, I'm an engineer. So I, you know, I'm, I do okay for myself sort of thing. And he went, you're not an engineer. And it was just like, and it's moments like that where it's kind of the age in combination with maybe your sex or whatever, or whatever you identify as, you know? And um, yeah, there happen moments. And actually I, um, I get it with my dog a lot because <laughs> I have a really big dog and he's weighs more than me and I've had big dogs yeah. my whole life and I know how to handle him and he's super yeah. friendly, but he's big. Yeah. And honestly, it's more it, the, the misogyny that I get or maybe it's ageism, I don't know, but people are like, he's going to be big, you know? You know, are you gonna be able to handle that? And it's like, first of all, who are you? Second of all, have you had a great day before? And third of all, like, I know he's gonna be big. I, I'm fully aware what I bought. This wasn't <laughs> like a handbag dog that grew up. And I'm like, shit, now I need a bigger suitcase. I mean, dearie me, it's like, yeah. So that's probably one of the things that lately, if you can't tell, really gripes me. So it's maybe not in the work realm, but it um, it definitely happens on the street a lot. And also I'm like, you know what? I was a ballerina, I'm stronger than I look. Don't. Yeah, you're talk like to me about him pulling me down the street, okay?
0: Yeah, you're like <laughs> yeah, I this. put my body through a lot, babe. from,
1: yeah. <laughs> from
0: a very yeah. young age. So you step back, <laughs> yeah. and I will plie you yeah. right in the face.
1: Exactly. I'm like, I don't I'm feel your like, pain. You might. <laughs> <laughs> you might. In 2. My limbs are 2 dead. I've nothing. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: you did start yeah. out as a ballerina, didn't you, babe? Like yeah, you started, from the age two, tr- and
1: I used to go every day age of yeah. two like yeah and then I you... started doing point at 10 so my feet are disgusting I hate summer season flip-flops and <laughs> not for me <laughs> I'm like,
0: no. you're a closed-toe yeah. girl only I really am summer. anytime
1: there's a shoe on the carpet and they're like okay so we're gonna do an open toe I'm like um <laughs> you know like those mangled feet to... <laughs> instagrams where they pick out people's feet on the carpet I'm like you may as well just leave everyone else alone and you can just Just focus on mine because there's so much material there for you.
0: Cool. oh my god you're like one of those people who probably you know when you go on to search on um on google and it always comes up with feet next you're like oh yeah. why are they doing that <laughs> that's
1: it i may as well just stop putting makeup on i'm like all the pictures are just my feet anyway <laughs> just fingers on that
0: it's cool. oh my god but like doing that from the age of two like did you always have this really strong ambition as well, because that's like, like to do it like every day. Like there's so many yeah. times when I was like a teenager and I tried to pick up stuff and I was like, oh God, I can't be bothered be doing like, this. Because oh, I should do it yeah. and stop. Like how long, like where did that impetus come from? Have you always had it?
1: Um, Actually I didn't, I was such a tomboy. I have two older brothers and I was actually a boy scout as well as I got older. Um, I was the only girl in boy scouts. Um, But I was such a tomboy, my mom hated it. She was like, can't you just wear a skirt? I was like, no. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So ballet actually was not something that I really, I don't know how it was when I was that age, I can't quite remember, but as I got older, I was like, oh, I don't really, this isn't kind of what I want to do. Um, And my parents really pushed me and I'm actually so grateful now because subconsciously Mm. it's helped me, it's taught me so much and inadvertently, like even with work, it's like, you know, knowing your marks on set, like choreography just comes to me so easily or stamina. Um, you know I just you're used to having to just push through things and that mind over matter sort of pain barrier is just kind of so ingrained that um, I'm actually super duper grateful that they pushed me for it I wasn't I wasn't at the time I was like (laughs) oh it's so hard and it's just I had so much else going on and it was tough but I am super grateful for it and Mm. you know my ballet teacher told me a lot too so
0: Mm. it must have taught you so much about your physicality and your physical strength and also your body image as well mm, right how is yeah. that how's your relationship with your physicality and your body image changed and kind of developed as well
1: i think you start to appreciate a stronger body which i think is a, mm. a positive movement that's going on now it's almost like instead of this ultra skinny thing we're kind of starting to find the gym trendy and like actually looking strong and healthy as opposed to you know potentially not obviously every body shapes different and everything you could eat a lot and it shows differently on different people and whatever so not to i think what's good now is that there's not a right or wrong way i suppose one thing about bali that's hard is that growing up there was kind of a right way mm-hmm. um you know my body naturally doesn't really look as streamlined as some of the other ballerinas who had a more sort of straight up and down format. You have to be a specific height. I was too tall to be a ballerina, things like that. So you, you do become very aware of your body. Um, but I think you're more just aware at the time in in terms of every little muscle. I mean, you're using muscles that your average person wouldn't normally use. And I think one of the most therapeutic things about ballet is actually being so in tune with your body in that mm. you have to know what your fingertips doing all the way to your toes. and how much of the toes hitting the ground and everything. There's so much thought involved in looking at your body actually in terms of a not just obviously different muscles, but also in terms of like an instrument, in terms of a a machine kind of, as opposed to just the image of it, Um, which I think is a good thing because I think it takes you away from just looking at, you know, how you look in clothes. It's more how you look in certain positions of ballet, which I think Mm -hmm. is maybe a a positive thing. Um, But yeah, it's always difficult as you get older. I mean, it is It is hard and for generation. I mean, it's been difficult for all generations, but it is a hard thing in terms of it's very difficult to get away from body image and what your body should look like and uh-huh. blah, 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 and all that. But actually, I think as you get older and even now, you know, I, I kind of just feel like actually life's too short, especially after COVID and stuff. It's like... Let's all just have a pizza and drink beer and like, let's just, you know, if you want to point out myself, you're like on a photo, it's like, do you think I don't know it's there? Like, are we going to do this? It's cool. Yeah. Just hit me. (laughs) It's like, you know, so I think I've started to, instead of get upset with things like that, where people can be kind of mean on social media, I've actually just started to think like, well, I had a really nice bottle of wine last night, so... (laughs)
0: <laughs> so cheers to you and I'm yeah, going to go exactly. tuck into that pizza tonight and have Take a sober it. McDonald's tomorrow what are you going to do about it exactly. <laughs> and so we go from the north of England which I love that's where you grow up and then you find yeah. yourself in Hollywood and that's such a big journey mm. to go on well most of the time in Glasgow but you know via Hollywood yeah. let's,
1: just,
0: yeah. let's just use that as via. an image
1: yeah, a that roundabout route to, that yeah. roundabout route <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you want that journey, especially going from starting out in your, in your life and thinking you were going to be like a ballerina and then going down acting, like that takes, a, there's so much resilience that's involved in doing a career mm. that you do. There's so many no's, there's so much rejection, there's so much like self-motivation you have mm-hmm. to find as well. When do you think you've dug the deepest to find your resilience and keep going on your well, That's a really path? good question.
1: Um, I guess the place that I had to dig the deepest, um, actually there's a, there's there's certain, like you said, you do so many auditions, you get so much rejection Mm. that you just get used to it. You have to just forget about it. There's a million reasons you might not get a job or a million reasons why a production might not happen or whatever. But Brianna actually hurt quite a bit because I really connected that character. I read the books when I got the audition just to try and understand her a lot more and understand where the character was going to be going. And, um, yeah, I just never heard anything for a year and I was gutted. I was absolutely gutted. And my parents started watching Outlander and I was like, Alright. I, like, like, I was like, like hey, I didn't get that wrong. <laughs> um yeah. So then they became huge fans, and then a year later the audition came through and they're like, Hi, Brianna in Outlander. I was like, um, I swear I've auditioned for this. And um, it just turned out that they never brought her into season one like they were going to, and then they just did the rounds again. And, but, you know, that's how the industry is. You just never hear, you never get a reason. You just don't hear, and so you assume someone else is cast. And I was being a little brat about it, and I was like, I don't want to watch the show now. And then, I was like, I don't want to see who got it. Um, which is pathetic, but that was how it is. And there's only a select few things that I've auditioned for where I felt that protective over the character, mm. and like, it has to, I have to play her, like, it has to be me. Um, and then, yeah, actually, when I got when I got cast, I called my parents, and my dad was like, oh, great, well, can't watch it now can we now you're in it (laughs) he's like I'm gonna know what happens and you know I'm just gonna know it's you (laughs) I was like sorry but thanks for the congrats dad I appreciate it
0: (laughs) I love it most parents be like I'm so happy you got a job babe but then yeah (laughs) your parents are like you're actually gonna ruin one of my favorite shows to me and I'm actually fuming about it
1: yeah do you know what he actually followed it up with as well our dog actually our, our great dane at the time was really ill as well and he was like oh and by the way we have to get the dog put down next week i was like brilliant brilliant best phone call ever <laughs> was like so that was my exotic outlander story of being cast it was you know really heartfelt <laughs>
0: do you know what the thing is parents have that really amazing skill for whatever happens in life, or it's good or bad, they just bring you back straight back down to earth, don't they? Totally.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> like, oh, With and reality. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, babe, I can't believe it because we've already come to the end of this episode. i mean, enjoyed talking to I feel like we you.
1: need a... We need, yeah, it, like, we, need we, we need a two
0: hour chat we need the two hour chat. we need the bonus episodes. we need it all. we need the extended chat. but we always end on one final question that always is in the reign yes. of your life what's one role you always live by?
1: actually, I always live by if it's it's if anybody if you meet anyone in the street, however they talk to you, whatever happens, like you actually never know what someone's going through, and so mine is always um sort of respect somebody until they lose your respect kind of thing in terms of like never a lot of people will go into people with um a certain attitude or just not give people too much light in light of day um but I think treat everyone with respect until until sort of proven otherwise kind of thing as opposed to people having to earn your respect and just give people a a second chance if they are kind of standoffish or rude or whatever because you just you do never know what people are going through and that's actually my one Thing. it gives me a bit of patience when those people are being rude about me and my dog i'm like okay you could be having a really bad day i'll keep it cool <laughs> it's not your fault i'm gonna walk away now <laughs> so yeah that's my it's my one rule <laughs> and actually promises I, I never break a promise that is my golden thing if i say promise that's it i have to do it so oh I'm my god if i make a promise yeah i hate when people make promises lightly i'm like oh uh, Don't say it if you're not going to do it. That's my, yeah, that's my thing. You're going to get me drunk and have me make some promises that I can't keep now (laughs) aren't you. It's like, uh uh-oh. I've dug myself a hole.
0: (laughs) Babe, the promise is we're going to hit those Glasgow nightclubs. So let's... Deal. Yeah, we'll do it, babe. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. Well, thank you so much for joining me, babe. It's been so great speaking to you.
1: You too. Thank you so much. I'll see you in Glasgow. I'll see you in Glasgow.
0: Thank you so much for joining me for another amazing episode of Rain. I really hope you found something to take away from this episode. And if you have, let me know. You can always get me on socials at Josh hosts. I love to hear from you. And as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcast from. And more importantly, please share this with someone you think needs to hear it. Let's get those convos going and I'll see you next time.